Welcome, everybody, to a brand new installment of the Stew Pod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Wick. Chris, how's your back feeling? Uh, it could be better, but it's not a... as bad as Clayton Kershaw's. <laughs> Did you get an epidural today? Uh, I didn't. No. However, I've had an epidural in my life. So you, you, you can be an expert on what Clayton Kershaw's going through. Um, probably not, but I'll, I'll do my best. I'm going I'm to revisit this, but I do want to say straight up <laughs> in the beginning, uh, on this week's Stewpod, we have Lenny Dykstra joining us, which I think for a lot of people will find uh, to be very entertaining. He has a new book out, and you've probably seen a lot about it because there are some stories in it, man. And we're going to talk to him about a variety of them, everything from hiring PIs to uh, track umpires and get dirt on them to, to using steroids. Um, I mean, there's, there's a part where he talks about you know, having the needle still in his butt when he's on the training table. Um, I mean, not the needle, the needle mark, you know, covered on his butt. And so there's a lot of stuff in there. I think you're going to like it. But, uh, Chris, we got to talk just a little bit about Clayton Kershaw before we get there because that's kind of the big baseball news of the day. So um, when you had an epidural, how long before you could pitch? How long, did, how long were you – when were you back on the mound? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Mine came before a major surgery. So I think I, I was pretty inhibited either way. But – uh, I had an epidural for four days, so I have no. I, this is totally different. I just wanted to bring up how tough I was. I, I really just wanted to ask. I, I wanted you to make a joke about not being a being a pitcher. Like, well, Mike, I'm right. I'm actually not an MLB pitcher. It's true. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I will say, uh, I guess I just don't know how different it is with what he got. So I probably shouldn't even speak to it. But yeah, I'm just messing with you, man. I know you are. Uh, and I'm trying to give you a good answer, but I know, like, <laughs> as far as uh, as mine was concerned, you like you lose a lot of the the movement. Well, not movement, but the lower half of your body. It's tough to feel because it's an epidural, and that's kind of the point of it. So, um, it's a. I, I feel like that's just a scary thing in general. Uh-huh. Uh, whether whether you're a pitcher or not, getting an epidural, it's like. Typically, you think of a pregnant woman getting one as they're giving birth. So, it's a worrisome thing, and to see the best pitcher in baseball have to go get one, definitely concerning. Here's a here's a question we're probably more um, knowledgeable on. Maybe not, though. Who knows? Do you think the Dodgers make the playoffs this year? Given everything you know about the Dodgers right now, at this moment, they just traded for Bud Norris. Um, you know, they have all these other hurt pitchers that might be coming back. We don't really know what's going to happen with Kershaw. They're saying now maybe after the All-Star break, but, you know, who knows. Um, do the Dodgers make the playoffs, Chris? Well, before the season, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. Um, but now with with Pittsburgh not playing as well, I feel like they have a pretty decent chance. They're the fourth or they're the first wildcard team right now. And uh, I, I don't know. I feel a lot of it depends on Kershaw. If he's out for the minimum. Yes really- or no, Chris? Oh, uh, yes. So let's just recap here. This is a pretty hot take you're, you're really presenting here when you boil it down. I didn't pick the Dodgers before the season. But now seeing all the injuries they have, the Kershaw's hurt, and now I'm going to pick them to make the playoffs. Well, they've, you know, they've, they've banked <laughs> 43 wins thus far. There you go. That's a good point. And uh, they've done so with a bad offense and with a shaky bullpen. That's a good point. And so maybe the offense gets a little better. I don't know what you do with the bullpen, but if the offense gets a little better, sure. And plus, uh, Brandon McCarthy, Hyungjin Ryu coming back. Alex Wood will be healthy at some point. Okay. 
there's help on the way. All right, you've redeemed yourself there. I'm going to go with a no, though. I think there's just too much. There's, there's too much uh, up in the air. I think the Giants are are a really good team. I think there's a lot of other really good teams that could be vying for that wild card spot. Um, and I mean, Kershaw or not, I felt like they were kind of on the fringe, uh, just the way they've been playing. I mean, they've been a good team, but they haven't been, you know, knocking our, our socks off like you might expect the Dodgers to. Or, you know, when Kershaw's been as good as he is, you know, the rest of the team has not, you know, really come close to even matching that. And so, I don't know, I feel like for him to be as good as, as he's been and them only be, you know, where they're at, to me that says, you know, the team as a whole is probably not going to be able to pull through. So, um, we'll see. I guess I guess it's good we had different opinions. But uh, I think it's going to be a big question, man. It's going to be a big thing to watch for the next month or so. Certainly, and it's a lot easier to deal with if he's only out for two or three starts yeah. as opposed to the rest of the season. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm being Mr. Doom and Gloom, I guess, on this one. So let's yeah. – uh, you want to talk to Lenny Dykstra? Should we do that? I think uh, we should do that, yeah. All right, we'll talk to Lenny Dykstra. We'll talk to Bad News Ramen. We'll have some important questions. That's all coming up on the Stew Pod. Stay tuned. Pod, everybody. Mike Oz and Chris Hook here with you on the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. We are joined today by Lenny Dykstra, uh, former MLB great, who uh, has turned himself into almost, I guess you could say, a best-selling author at this point. His, his book, House of Nails, A Memoir of Life on the Edge, came out this week. And according to his Twitter feed, like two minutes ago, he said that uh, House of Nails is number one on Amazon's memoirs and number 10 overall. So, Lenny, congratulations on the success of the book so far. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I, uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm always, always, uh, uh, grateful when, when, when the fans or the public, you know, um, gives me, gives me, uh, admiration for, for something that I worked so hard to do. Like when I played baseball, you know, I played, I was like the hardest working man in baseball, but I knew how to do that, you know, writing a book. I mean, there was blood on the keyboards every night, you know, <laughs> and um, really was. I mean, because you know, from source and me became good friends. You know what I mean? And and uh, so I appreciate that, and and it's nice to hear that the people, the public out there is is, is appreciating it too. Because like, I can honestly tell you that uh, it, it's a good book, and it's a good book because I was honest, and I didn't leave anything, you know. I, I, I just brought it all, and that's a hard thing to do, especially when it's all not good. You know what I mean? Did, did you? I mean, you've been all over the place this week. You know, you're kind of making media headlines everywhere. When you were in prison, I mean, did you ever imagine that you'd reach this level of celebrity again? Well, no. I mean, I I tell you what, when I was in prison, I, I just. I just kind of had to put, you know, put, get myself in, 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 into another place, you know, because that's a situation that you can't really prepare for, you know. I mean, I, I mean, again, you know, when that door slammed and I was like in a six like in eight cage, you know, uh, it was like, you know, after like the shock kind of wears off, it's like, wow, 
how this happened. What like, what happened? And they start replaying things, and you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm, you know, I'm not a quitter. I don't give up. I don't. I'm not a powder. I'm not looking for somebody to, you know, give me pity or feel sorry for me. I mean, what happened happened. I made a lot of mistakes, and I, and you know, I, I, you know, you know, I, I paid dearly for them, and probably the thing that hurts the most about what happened was what I did to my family. And, and um, but, but like I said, um, it's great to be, you know, the fans you know, appreciating my hard work is, it is hard work. And at the end of the day in life, sometimes, you know, we forget about being entertained and having something to look forward to. So, um, um, Anyway, so yeah, I appreciate all that. So it's, I never really thought about the fame or, and, and again, I'm just glad that it's successful because I did work and, and it's the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Uh, Lenny, at what, at what point in your life did you think this is going to make a, a fantastic book one day? That's a, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, I was always asked to do, uh, to do book things. Yeah. I was always asked to do books, you know, but, but, but I wasn't ready, you know, to, to give it all to them. And I just wasn't ready. And after this last, you know, I mean, once you go to prison, I mean, the next step beneath that is death, you know? So, and then I started reading a lot of stuff that wasn't true. And, and, and I've, you know, I've always let that kind of just go past me, but, um, with what happened to me, it's not just about uh, the, it's not just about the good things. It's about the bad things too. And like, I'm not going to sit here and blame other people and like say that you know Washington Mutual put me in a loan, set me up to fail, predatory loan. The bottom line is, is if you play with fire, you get burned. And you know, I, I kind of was just was just mowing people and, and things over and nothing, like thought I was indestructible kind of like in baseball the same tenacity and the same drive and the same like uh, like making that you know at all costs when was what took me from flying around the world in my own jet to ending up in prison so um, and, and I've you know I've learned a lot from it I've learned about loss and 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 um now, I don't recommend people go to prison to, to, to do that, but um, uh, that's what happened to me, and that's what it took. Lenny, I think one, a lot of stories coming out this week, honestly, uh, that are in the book, obviously, but I think one of the ones that maybe is most interesting to us from a baseball perspective is the idea that you hired private investigators to, to kind of dig up dirt on the umpires. Um, I, I'm curious, because one, I think, I mean, that, that's a, actually a pretty smart thing to do, um, if, <laughs> in, in trying to get ahead, but, like, how did you come up with that idea, and, like, how did you kind of make that happen? Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, like, in, in baseball, like, you know, if you really get, like, want to cut through and clarify and get into the, to the, to the real, to, to the deep, deep, how it really works, it really does come down to, to get an account in your favor because, you know, the percentages show what you're going to hit when the count's one and over long haul or when the count's going one. So my whole, my, my, my whole, even when I was a young player, was always trying to get umpires on my side 
And so, you know, you try to talk to him, you try to do different things. So I just figured, you know what? There's too much money at stake, and I'm not going to leave a doubt. I'm just going to, you know, uh, have some people do some things. And, like, it's just, it's same, I just, it's called getting an edge. I just made sure, that, like, a, like a catcher, when a catcher's working the umpire and they're brown-nosing them and they're trying to get calls, I just kind of took it to the next level, you know? Do, do you feel that? Do you think people still do that kind of stuff today? No, you know. I mean, you know, you know, what happened on that was um, um, uh, not at all. I mean, again, like that. That that's a situation where you know, I kind of. Um, I think I, I. I think I. I think I'm the first and the last to do that one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, one of the other things you've talked about is uh, PED usage, and I'm wondering, just based on what you know about the game, well, what's different about it today uh, as opposed to when you played? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great point because it's it's a it's a 180. When I played, everyone did it. Today, no one does it. And a good example of that is my son, for instance. You know, he was going to be, you know, we knew going in that he was going to be a high draft pick. I'm talking about Luke. He's my, uh, he's 20 year old. He plays in the Brave system. And um, um, he's 6'2, 190. He's hitting like, you know, 330 right now. So I, we knew he was going to be a high pick. And, and he wanted to play pro ball. And, and you know, fortunately for me, I was, I was able to get out of a prison in time to spend basically my, my his whole senior year with him and and you know kids you know fall and do things and and like I explained to Luke you know about my situation and I explained to him look like Major League Baseball is going to test you for marijuana and and I, not that he, the kid did it but I said and you know it's not like another kid, Luke. If you get, if you show, and if, if you test positive, you're not going to be able to play baseball. And so, you know, I kind of drove that home to them, and they did show up, you know, because they, they have the drug policy, the drug rules are, you know, they ramp up each year, and so they're, they test the top 100 prospects in the whole country. And then they show up at your door. And, uh, but, 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 but today, you know, I think the thing that's, Used the most, or used it, used it anything is, is um, you know the Adderall, uh, where people say that they're bad ADD, but you know even to do that you have to go through like five doctors. And, so uh, the drugs are pretty much out of the game. Steroids are out for sure, for sure. Um, if, if, you know, yeah. Well, it, it seems like uh, today it's it's a real secretive thing, at least. That's what you hear among players. If guys are doing it, teammates don't know. Was it was it that way when you played, or was it a little more open? Did guys talk about it more? Was it generally accepted? Uh, that's a great, another great question because, like, when we played, everyone knew we were doing it. I mean, like, I mean, there were times. Again, it seems kind of, kind of like when I look back, it's kind of like funny, but it's not. I mean. Like, there were times I forgot to take the Band-Aid off my ass, you know, when I, you know, after, you know, when I, when I, when I, when I you know, put, put the pin in and, and did my Decadura Bowl and, 
and the trainer, you know, I'd be getting my, you know, back loosened up or getting taped up before a game, and they see it, and but everyone knew, and and you know, it's all about results, and they they turned a blind eye to it, just like baseball did to steroids, you know. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what happened. Um, on, another one that I think has been out there this week that I think was great is the, you you talking about being a male escort. Um, and I, I, I like again, sort of like the PI thing. Like, how do you how do you get to that point in your life? Like, how do you get that job where someone's like, "Hey, I'm going to pay you to hang out with me." <laughs> I mean, that, that's I don't really consider myself a male escort. I mean, I mean that's. That's so. It sounds. It sounds so. Uh, weird. Yeah. Well, Meaning, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm. A, I'm a. I'm a guy that likes to help people. That's all. You know. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm the gift that keeps giving. Well, I, I didn't imagine you putting out ads on Craigslist, Craigslist or anything. So I guess that's kind of why I'm wondering. Like, someone at some point did someone just say, "Hey, Lenny, here's, you know, here's some money. I want you to hang out with me for the night." I mean, is that kind of how it? How it works? Yeah, it's, it's just uh, you know, people get lonely and and um, and um, they they need some companionship. But um, that, that you know, that's just uh, uh, that's just me be me giving back. You know, giving back and trying to help people. You know, be happier. Um, anyways, that's kind of a hard topic. Okay. I don't know. I don't really know what to define that as. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But I do have a big, a big tax loss carryover, so I'm good on that. You know, I got like a twelve million dollar tax loss carryover, so you um, uh, to declare that. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, that's one group you don't want to mess with. You know, that's uh, another division of that big group. You know that the federal government runs yeah. called the IRS, and, yeah, yeah. and I've had, I've, I'm, I've done it, and, and and I mean I've been there, and that's a place I never want to go again, um, because you can't beat, you can't, you can't beat the, uh, you can't beat the federal government, you know. Uh, uh, not that but, I wanted to go up against them, by the way. <laughs> right. I, just, I had no choice. I mean, I usually like to go to. If I'm going to war, I like to go to war for some I, I know I can I can win. And that's that's a that's a that's a war you can't win, so um but anyways, uh what's uh what, what was the next question? Well a lot of uh I don't I, I guess I would call them maybe unbelievable, ridiculous stories have kind of come out of you writing this book. Uh what what's the one that when you tell it to other people, uh, they they don't believe you. What's the most unbelievable thing you tell people that's absolutely true? Um, probably. Well, I mean, it's a couple, a couple, uh, a couple things baseball related are are unbelievable that are true, and one of them is that you know I was the first player ever to lead the league and in walks and at bats. I mean, that's impossible if you think about it because a walk isn't at bat. So how can you lead the league in both? I mean I mean it doesn't even make sense. But um 
then as far as left-handed hitters go, um, there's only one person that 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 stands alone. You know, since 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 baseball started, I've been playing about hundreds of years. This one to play more times than anybody else. And that's me. You know, so you go back to Ty Cobb, you go to Barry Bonds, and and so that's that's a that's a it's a pretty cool class to be in. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, based on maybe the way you played and the fact that you're willing to talk about PEDs, it, it seems like there are a lot of people out there who could look at you as a villain. Is that something you embrace or how does that make you feel? Well, that's another good point. I mean, and you know, there's going to be, there's going to be people that talk about that and then look at me and, and you have your haters out there. And you know, some of them, um, they have good reason. I mean, what I'm saying is, um, the way I did things, you know, wasn't always the way other people would do things. But um, at the end of the day, especially when it came to baseball, I mean, when it came to baseball, you know, I just approached it all different, way different than, than especially the players today approach it. So I was kind of like. And do whatever you have to do to to win, and 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 including like you know like not like you know like be friends with the other team now. And it seems like the players are just very very casual and very very. Um, it's not as serious as it was when I played. Like I mean, it was real business. And I think maybe it's because the the players are making so much money that the managers have pretty much become. Not they don't really have the. If you notice the managers nowadays, they're not fiery. Like they're not. They're not the kind of managers that get in players' faces because what are you gonna do? Bench a guy making twenty million dollars? I mean, fire the manager before the player. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's changing in the game, man. And um, one of them that I think is really interesting is just the prevalence of of women. And I know that you're obviously a guy who likes women. Um, you know, we saw an indie league team yesterday signed two women to play for them. I mean, you know, there's Jessica Mendoza uh, is on ESPN now as an announcer. What do you think about the role of, of women in baseball in 2016? I mean, that's, that's actually, I didn't know that, that, that women signed pro contracts. Well, no, it's, I mean, a, no, it's a, an independent league, but yeah. Oh, independent, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, all the power to them, it's a free world where they can make it. Um, um, I don't know. That be kind of. I never thought about that. That's kind of like these people talking about these cars that are going to be out there with, with no drivers. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't sort of see that happening. I mean, like not in our lifetime. The human factor. I don't know if it let it, lets it happen. But you know, I I always say about baseball. Like I hear people back on players or talk about how much money they make and and they say you know this or that. And like my answer to them or my my response to them is like. Well, if you can, you know, go to spring training and do do better, they'll pay you that much money. So, um, I I have no problem with the players getting paid whatever they can get paid. But my problem is is the way they, is the way they 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 play the game, you know. And and it's not all of them, by the way, but it's just it's just it's a lot different now. The business is different. And, and I think baseball needs to do some work on on marketing their their, their players better, because you know they're, they're falling behind in in that area. And I know that um, 
Bryce Harper, you know, spoke out about that as well. Uh, um, but, but again, you know, you know, Major League Baseball has changed. I mean, like, to go to a baseball game, it costs so much money. It's, um, it's amazing that so many people pay that money and go to their games. It really is. So, Lenny, the book's out. The stories are very entertaining. If uh, Hollywood decides we need to make a Lenny Dykstra movie, who would you like to play you in that movie? That's funny. Well, you know what? That already happened, though. I, I signed a, a movie deal with Gil Netter and uh, John Lee Hancock. Gil Netter produced uh, Blindside. Um, he did... Uh, he, he did um, Life of Pi, and then, you know, John Lee Hancock, is, he was a director and writer for um, Flying Side and just Saving Mr. Banks. So so it was funny because, like, right when I got out of prison, John Lee Hancock started sitting with me every week, and and we would, you know, it was, it was you know, like a strip, a movie strip. And, uh, and I, by the way, I told him there's only two actors that would play me if I was going to do the deal with them. One of them was Mark Wahlberg, the other was Matt Damon. Um, that nice. being said, that kind of went by the wayside because after like eight meetings with, with John Hancock, he finally said, you know, I, I can't take it anymore. He said, like, this is crazy. He said, I couldn't get six fiction writers and make up this stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing story. And so he just kind of shut it down because he said, I, I don't know how to condense this into two hours. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of see maybe more of what happens with, with this book maybe being more of a, you know, a, a series, you know, because there's so much content in it that, um, you know, again, because the book really, if you think about it, and when you read it and people, um, I think when they read it, they're going to see that, it's it, it, it's a real story. It's a real book. It's 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 well. Um, again, you know, I, I, I'm very very proud of it. But it's a it's really a book. I mean, it is a book about a baseball player, but it's really not a book about baseball per se. You know, it's just about it's about life. It's about the ups, the downs. Uh, the I mean, you know, I talk about. You know, you know, opiate addiction and what I had to do to get off it. I talk about, you know, going hunting with Kevin McReynolds and he tried to put me in a tree, you know, and like tell me to shoot something. It was the craziest thing I ever heard of. Um, but yeah, so, so I'm, I think, I think that, um, I'm, I can say this with confidence. I, I, I know that, um, the people that, that buy the book will, will enjoy it and, and, and it'll be the best 20, 28 bucks they ever spend, you know? Hey, Lenny, we appreciate your time, man. We know you got other other interviews to do, so thank you for spending some time with us, and good luck with the book. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anytime you guys want to have me on again, let me know. I uh, uh, always always uh, follow you guys, and, and you guys are always front and center, so thanks a lot. We are back on the stew pod. It is time for this week's three strike segment. Following up Lenny Dexter with my man. He is the CL Smooth and my P Rock. Bad news ramen. What's happening? 
Nothing much. So can I let him in on a little secret? How like I said something and we had to start over. I, I was I was channeling Lenny Dykstra. Well, you, and, did, you uh, just you just did yes. You you just yeah. let them in on the secret. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I let him in, but it, it was pretty outlandish. And uh, you, you're you're worried about some job security, so we have to start over. How about that? <laughs> I, I feel like I accomplished something today, even though nobody would, will ever hear it. I feel like I accomplished something today. I, yeah. And I, I was just sweat. like, I was just like, no, we're not we're not putting that on the podcast. <laughs> no, you turned you, all red and you stuff. Can't, and... You can't say that. You're wiping your brow. <laughs> no. All right, let's let, let's get into it. Well, strike number one. So, strike number one is uh, people are jumping up and down, Mitchell. They're jumping up and down that a National League pitcher is going to hit in an American League park. He is going to be in the role of the DH per se, but he's not because uh, Bruce Bocce uh, has decided to let Madison Bocci. Bumgarner um, hit. Uh, in his upcoming game, it's either like tonight or tomorrow. I really don't care. It's tonight, yeah. Yeah. The, the thing, the thing that I, that I think is really stupid, though, is I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. I mean, go. okay, Madison Bumgarner, great athlete, right? Amazing, amazing athlete. To to quote, to quote, uh, one. Just speaking of outlandish characters, to quote the Iran Sheik, you know, amazing, amazing athlete. But I won't get into what he says after that. But that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You mean to tell me that the Giants suck so hard? That they don't have a better person to put in the DH than Madison Bumgarner. Plus, this is like your this is the only pitcher you have besides Johnny Cueto. Now, I I can't believe I'm going to say this. Johnny Cueto is actually a serviceable pitcher. Has been one of the best pitchers in the league. You have a good one-two punch with Madison Bumgarner and Johnny Cueto. Why, if you're Bruce Bocce, would you want to risk hurting your pitcher with say like an oblique injury? Uh, maybe he pops a tendon around the first base. I I think it's I think it's stupid. I, I think it's I don't know what the heck it is. I don't think it's I don't think Bocce is putting your team in the best situation to win Bocce. a game with having Bocce, Bocce. I don't care, dude. Bocce ball, dude. What about Billy ball? Um, but yeah, he doesn't. He's not putting him in, in the best situation to to win. You know, Bumgarner's. Hold on, let me. I'm gonna let you finish, Kanye. Uh, Bum Bumgarner. Bumgarner's a good hitter, but I think if he gets hurt. You know, the, <laughs> what's the point of putting putting a guy that can hit if he if he has a chance to hurt himself? Protect your pitchers, especially one like Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I understand that, but at the same time, I mean, he it's not like he's a it's not like he doesn't hit. I mean, he's a, he's an NL pitcher, so he hits a lot. And two, like the Giants may not have actually a better hitter than that. Like I don't know, they they haven't really been hitting good lately, man. They have a lot of injuries. Uh, he may actually be the the best ninth man in that lineup. So. I still, I still think it's wrong. I, th- I think the, I mean, come on, dude. If the guy gets hurt, your, your season's done, right? I, I'd rather. I mean, well, Kenny Maldonado's not available. <laughs> what, what about what? Who, who, who are the guy that? You Juan, know, at, Juan Uribe, at, no, Jose Uribe. Jose, Jose, yeah, Jose Uribe. Yeah, man, they used to love Jose Uribe. Well, I remember I, was, I used to take the bus. They they used to take the bus and they had Jose Uribe's mug all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's. Chimney I mean, Davis. heck, you, you can go out there and hit for him. How about that, Dean? I mean, you're you're tight with Buster Posey. Go out there and hit with him, Dean. Well, strike number two. Strike number two is uh, so they have a they're going to have that Fort Bragg game, right? I think mm-hmm. it's like what July third or something like that. Yeah, uh, and and they are making huge attempts not to uh, scalp those tickets. Like they're doing, they're going through all this protocol, right? Like you have to have like a badge. You have to be sitting in a certain area, and uh, you know, there's some people that are coming out of the woodworks trying to you know get like a thousand dollars, you know, going to like some military guys, going like, hey, like I'll pay you a thousand bucks for for your tickets. And the MLB is really adamant, saying, hey, you know, this is for, um, you know, these are, these are for these are for our armed services. You know, it's not you know it's not a chance. You know, even though you know if if one if if one of those armed service guys can 
buy like a really nice present for their kids with the thousand bucks that they're going to get for their tickets. You know, we're, we're, we're against it. And not only that, but we want to honor them so much that the game that's going to be held is going to be the Braves versus the Marlins. Hey, the Marlins are pretty good, man. Marlins are pretty good. I like the Marlins, but the Braves versus the Marlins, dude. I mean, John yeah. <laughs> Stanton doesn't want any of that. I mean, Hey, I'm a big Marlins guy. Cause I have, I have a lot of my, a lot of my like favorite players are on the Marlins, but still it's like, don't, don't come at me saying like, you know, my whole thing is like, these guys are giving up their lives. Right. And I, I, I get the whole thing that they want to honor the armed services. But if, if some geek on the street is coming at you with $2,500 for one of your tickets, let them have the $2,500. I mean, that's like a, that's like a house payment right there, dude. You know, have you ever lived in California before? You know, times are tough, dude. Things are expensive. If I can take care of two house payments by selling four of my tickets or do five months of, of house payments for selling, or even do a down payment on a house from Fort Bragg, if I wanted to, let me do that, dude. Let them do that. I'm not in the armed forces, but heck, whatever the, whatever the armed forces guys want to do, they put their lives on the line. If they want to sell their flipping tickets, let them sell their tickets. I, what I want to know is somehow, right? We're gonna we're gonna watch that game, and Marlon Man, Marlon's man's gonna be there, right? Like, like uh, only only military people, and all of a sudden you're just gonna see like Marlon's man just chilling. The Marlon's fan. What about that kid? Remember that kid that was dancing that one time? If they should bring that kid back that danced in that Marlon's game. I mean, I'd pay money to see that. I just, I just mean more like, like if anybody's going to find a way to get a ticket, it'd be Marlins, man. <laughs> yeah, he just like walks in and, <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, that the, you know, I think that's something that we should, uh, that you should go, you should go up to Fort, you ever been up to Fort Bragg? Yeah. There's not a lot to do up there, dude. You know, but that, that'd be a reason for you to go up there and, and you can follow Mar- Marlins man around. Yeah, Marlins man, my buddy. All right, let's strike three. Strike three. So I, I need your help with this because, uh, I was kind of in passing looking at, uh, some of the stories that you posted on Facebook, um. I'm not going to go there. There's something I want to say, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want you to worry about your job. But um, the uh, it was a it was a story about the Yankees about how uh, the media was asking uh, was what's that dude's name the Levine or the Randy Randy Levine not Adam Levine yeah. Randy Levine I like Levine so I have Levine and I have Bocce you know you know <laughs> Levine's Bocce ball um, but you know he got really he got really mad right I mean what kind of, what was his because I was doing it in passing like I like my my Facebook app was open. And I, and I was walking by my, my, my phone. I wasn't really looking at, but like every, uh, it was like a walk by, right? Like, Oh, Hey, look, phone. so he got mad because someone asked if they were, if they were, uh, you know, thinking about being sellers at the trade deadline and rather than just kind of being like, Oh, we don't know, you know, it still weighs out. Blah, blah, blah. He kind of got on this whole thing about, well, you know, none of you who have ever run the Yankees or, you know, run a business like the Yankees and this history of, Winning and you know blah 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 blah. So he just got a little, a little bit defensive, a little bit you know wanted to be mean to the media. Um, I I said it was sort of like people got mad at me, but it was sort of like Donald Trump speech because it was just like, you know, if you if you try to insinuate that I'm not the best, I'm just going to insult you. I mean that's what it was, um, you know. But I don't know Yankees execs. They they tend to say some not great things sometimes. So it wasn't exactly surprising, but um, it was at least kind of funny. Well, first things first, they got to sell. I mean, and and second second thing second, uh, Levine sucks, dude. Give me a break. I mean, look, look at the state of this team right now. They're all old. They're all like 30, 33 plus something, right? Your your best, probably one of your best players is Didi Gregorius. <laughs> and then I'm going to hang my hat on Didi Gregorius. You know, he has like a week where he hits like three home runs, and all of a sudden I'm dancing in the streets. Uh, you need to sell. Uh, Aralis Chapman didn't pan out. Uh, you, you can get some. You can get some stuff for Andrew Miller. Like Andrew Miller, um, you know great arm right but he doesn't mean anything if, if you're not in the title hunt they're not going to be in the title hunt every every hitter they have is pretty much like 
29 plus and not even in their prime. I mean, I'm being nice with that. Like you have like Carlos Beltran, right? Like Carlos Beltran is popping back in 2001 and he still wasn't that good back in 2001. He had like one good year, right? So all of these guys that they have, you just need to blow up. And for this guy to, to stand there and say like, you know, I'm the best and you know, how dare you question me? Well, we question you because your team sucks. And you guys got lucky last year. Your team sucks this year. It's not going to get any better. You have Mark Deshera. I mean, Mark Deshera is like just hanging out somewhere, uh, you know, probably hanging out with Lenny Dykstra and just exchanging stories about how they stole money from their respective teams. Every single player, there's not one good player on that team. Their pitching sucks. They're, I don't even know what to say. I mean, like every pitcher, like all these pitchers that were supposed to be all great, they're all bad, dude. So, all I gotta say is like, you know what, dude? You, yeah, you know what? We don't know how to run a multi-billion-dollar company because um, you hit the jackpot. You hit the lottery. For some reason, people still want to keep you employed when you totally ravage this team. There's no reason why this guy should start talking about past Yankees history and and say how great their history is when he's running the dump that it is right now. So they need to sell. They need to sell well. My only problem is that if if I after like the first like 20 games of the season, I know that this team isn't going to be good. I'm looking at everybody that needs a flipping reliever, everybody that's going to overpay. I'm going to take, I'm going to take all your prospects, but you know what? You can't do that. You want to why? Because we don't know how to run a multi-billion dollar company. Hey man, that's spoken from a Yankees fan right there too. No, you're not, yeah. you're not giving them the Homer spin. I appreciate that bad news, Ramen. I'm, I'm not a Homer dude. He sucks. <laughs> I, I don't care who it is. If you suck. All right. You suck. The Yankees legacy. Okay. Don't, don't come at me with the Yankees history, Yankees legacy. All right. And you use that as, as a stopgap for, for anything that you will ever do wrong or do right. The whole thing is like the time is now, right? I mean, granted, listen, I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan. I've always been, you know, for the most majority of part of my life, I've been a Yankees fan, and I love the history of the Yankees. But you know what? It's like I'm not going to sit here and go like, oh, the Yankees are the best ever. No, like, you know what? My team sucks this year. Do something about it. There you have it. Three strikes of bad news, Ramen. Stay tuned for more. Steve. Hey, we're back on the Stew Pod. Thanks to Bad News Ramen and thanks to Lenny Dykstra for joining us, uh, both of whom are, I guess, legends in their own mind for different reasons. Uh, Chris, what's happening? Mike, I think it's time we revisited the uh, who has the championship belt talk around Ooh. the league. Yeah, it's a good one. I think we did this right before the start of the season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was team Bryce Harper at the time. I think you were maybe reluctantly team Bryce Harper. Oh, we're doing people. Least, we're doing people, right? Not teams. Yeah, we're doing people. Okay, I was thinking teams. I mean, if if a team works, no, uh, no, that that's somebody it. else's gimmick, man. It didn't. CBS did that last year. We can't just go steal their gimmick. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Well, this is not an original concept. I should just throw <laughs> it out there. But uh, here's why this is interesting to me. Because I wanted, I, I thought about this a few days ago. I said, when we do the podcast, I'm going to ask Mike this question. Who has the belt? And I thought it was Clayton Kershaw. Easily. Okay. Now this injury is hit, and I feel like that changes the equation. And I've—I don't know. I don't know where to go. So guide me. Mm, Who mm. has championship belt? Well, I guess has Kershaw been defeated, or is he just? I mean, are we just well, saying he, forf- he forfeits the belt because he's hurt? He's going on the DL. Like you go on the DL, your automatic belt forfeiter. Uh, I, I think guess. I think so. I think, well, other, sad, otherwise I'm just uh, I'm just nitpicking your idea. All right, I got it. You ready? Yeah. All right, I'm going to give a dramatic pause here so you can be ready for the, the hotness I'm about to drop on you. Bud Norris? Adam Duvall. 
Oh, I can't accept that. <laughs> Leads the National League in home runs, man. Yeah, but... I'm just, I'm just kidding. At one point today, though, did you realize that I think uh, I think Todd Frazier has passed him, but at one point it was Mark Trumbo and Adam Duvall as the home run leaders in baseball, which was, that was pretty fun. Um, I, I think it's Mike Trout. You know, I think Mike Trout has... He, doesn't he kind of do this every year where all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, you're talking about whatever players are hot and and then, you know, a month goes by and you're like, oh... Mike Trout really was really, really good in May. Oh, and now it's June, and he's doing really, really good in June, too. All of a sudden, oh, Mike Trout is, you know, doing all these Mike Trout things. And his team sucks, and that kind of gets lost in it. But, I mean, dude has been dude has been pretty great the last two months. And he's back to being the, the top um, position player in war and baseball. So, I think, um, you know, despite his team being crappy, I think you got to give it to Mike Trout. Yeah, but I guess part of that plays into it for me. So his team's bad. It's not like really anyone's talking about him. Um, is he, I, I would is he John say, Cena to you? Like you're not excited by a Mike Trout being the champion? Yeah, you're like, oh, whatever. Pretty much at this point, it's like, uh, yeah, Mike Trout. He's he's just always good. You expect All that. Right. All right, I got one I, for you then. I got one. Do you, do you have one? Do you have an answer? I do have one. Okay. I do have one. Because I have Maybe a couple. I have a couple other good ones, but you can. Let's hear what you have to say. Well, I feel like if anyone is maybe challenging now that Kershaw has vacated the belt, uh, it might be Chris Bryant. He's been on kind of a tear lately. The I was going to say are, Chris Bryant is probably a good answer. Yeah, so I would consider him. Uh, I, although I guess you know the Cubs have dropped off a little bit. People have made some noise about that lately. They no longer uh, have the the lead in the majors for wins. They're tied with, with the Rangers. So little bit of struggles there based on how well they started. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that, the entire Indians team, because they've, they've won 12 uh, straight games, yeah. that's where that could work, I think. Joe, Joe Boo has the belt. Joe Boo, yeah. Or Terry Maybe Francona. The you city know. of Cleveland. Cleveland has we not, Cleveland has not lost, you know, in, in a long, they haven't lost in like almost two weeks, like all told. They've won in everything. Um, my other answer, though, for you, this, and, and it, maybe it's just because it's funny, but it's it's somewhat justifiable. Jose Altuve, I, th- I think you could probably make a, a justifiable case yeah. that he has the okay. belt. He's doing uh, really definitely, good. Definitely possible. Houston seems to be kind of back on track after a really bad start. He's uh, and and, and it's one of those things where. To keep it to keep it in wrestling, I don't know when you when you talk about the belt. I don't know if you mean boxing, but in wrestling, I mean he's almost like a, you know, and they let the the Rey Mysterio type guy go and and compete for the championship. You're like, ooh, can he can he beat Kane? You know, and then you're like, oh yeah. man, you know, it's kind of like that. So I don't know. I kind of I kind of like that idea of, of Altuve having the belt. You know. All right, I got one more that we haven't mentioned. All right. Uh, what about Madison Bumgarner? Yeah, I feel like he's making a case. Yeah, if nothing else, he he might be the most interesting man in baseball. If nothing else, you know? well, that factors in for me. That that matters. Yeah, yeah the yeah. the Rock proclaimed himself as the most electrifying man in sports <laughs> entertainment. That was part of his his appeal. That's so true. that's true. I'm in. I so okay. We've named some good people. Who's your pick? I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm leaning Bumgardner, actually. Mad bum, huh? He's he's having a good year. He's been in the news a ton, and now this whole hitting thing is is happening. So I do know if, if it was an actual Bumgardner. Royal Rumble, like I think he would win. 
You know, True. I, I put money yeah. on him. I think he just whoop everybody. Because, um, like, Chris Bryant, like, I think I'm going to c- pick Chris Bryant. But, I mean, if, if, if Chris Bryant and, and Madison Bumgarner, like, were in a ring, I mean, Chris Bryant is way too pretty, man. Like, he, Madison Bumgarner would just wreck him. Agreed. Like, I'm with like, you. Like, Madison Bumgarner would be, you know, he'd be like The Undertaker. And Chris Bryant would be one of those, like, you know, model, model Rick Martel type dudes. And then all of a sudden it would go bad and he would just run away. He would run back, you know, to the locker room. Madison Bumgarner can handle an axe, so that's scary <laughs> enough for me. Right, right. And no disrespect to Chris Bryant, because I think I am gonna, I am gonna give him the title. Um, maybe, maybe that's based on you know he's had a pretty good week, and the Cubs are Cubs are coming back, and you know swept the Reds, which I guess isn't all that hard to do, but still. I, like, I feel like I feel like you've satisfied you've satisfied the people. I guess we're not a we're not a unified belt on the podcast. Like you can you can have your you can have the Chris belt and I can have the Mike belt. I think I don't think that there's a clear winner in this case. It's like boxing, man. There's like there's the, like a WBA and WBC and you know the Kershaw thing's too fresh for yeah, me. Yeah. In a week, maybe we'll agree. Who has the belt? It's a good question, Chris. I, I'm glad that you remembered that one because I like it. Yeah, we're going to have to bring it up later in the year, too. Yeah. Especially if Kershaw comes back in three weeks and just continues to strike everybody out, never walk anybody. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up there. This has been the Stew Pod. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like the show, and we hope that you do, Chris is going to tell you what to do. You should rate and review us in iTunes. It's a pretty simple thing to do. Click on your iTunes app, type in Stew Pod. And uh, hopefully you'll give us five stars, write us a little review. We'll check it out. We really appreciate it. And that's it. Takes about, I don't know, 15 seconds of your day. Yeah. That's nothing. We, we, would, we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you for doing that. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. All those kind of things that Chris just said too. But um, we will see you next week. Bye-bye.